Welcome to First Generation Burden, a series of conversations with immigrants and the children of immigrants. My name is Rich Tu and I'm your host. So welcome back for episode five. If you stuck with us, congratulations. I really appreciate it. Thanks for sticking around and keep your eyes, minds, and hearts open. Today's guest is Matt Vu. He's an amazing designer, DJ, creative human being, and all-around good person, as well as homegrown Oregonian circa Vietnam. I first met Matt a little over a year ago when I first moved to Portland, and he's definitely one of those awesome individuals that's helped me acclimate to uh, the city and this new state. Um, also, uh, we work for the same company, so we're swoosh brothers, but uh, we're definitely not going to get into that for, you know, reasons. Uh, but this was a really great conversation and a pretty long one, actually. I got the sense that we could have just kept bullshitting for hours, uh, but our story starts uh, with Matt's parents and his father leaving Vietnam in the 80s after the war um, and essentially escaping and moving to uh, the United States and, and to Portland, where Matt was born and raised and meeting his mom. So uh, we get into that. We talk a lot about 90s hip-hop we go on a huge tangent uh on a music and culture tip and it was a lot of fun um and then also we get into a lot of uh a lot of social justice issues which we haven't really gone to on the show so it was really nice getting into um in this conversation because it's really meaningful to both of us and also as people of color uh we or it's very definitely passionate about those concerns and this conversation is a little bit longer than the others so we're just going to jump right in no vaseline style so here we go with matt vu and what was hot air's concept again that sounded crazy the hot air concept was kind of like streetwear meets hot air ballooning that's kind of like the vibe i got from it It was just like like hot air ballooning as a sport it was just kind of like a bougie meets like street it was like high end and like low end coming together was there any sort of practical aspect to the streetwear that involved ballooning there was there was no like i didn't i don't think they had any safety equipment or anything like that it was just like (laughs) it didn't connect to a harness or something no 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 but like all their patterns was like if you if you can think of like if you can imagine a hot air balloon like when it's like blowing up and has all those crazy quilting patterns that are like made up to yeah that their like patterns were based off of that like totally. inspired by hot air balloons and all that so wow that's crazy and that was something that you were doing or you they were just home i was kind of the intern so i was doing all the tech packs and then um like you know i would suggest design ideas and that kind of stuff so sure. it's just all kind of like under the table type stuff but you know he that guy was a i mean he was a hustler he like he had like uh he's just like a man about town. Like he also did like promotion for like uh like Grey Goose. Oh sure. Um or the Belvedere. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Belvedere. Oh Belvedere. Like, uh, he yeah, he promoted for them and so he would like go essentially go to like the hot spots in Hollywood and he would kind of get people to drink Belvedere. Like oh. that was his thing, was like his his hashtag he came up with was more Belvy. Like just <laughs> That was the hashtag. Hashtag more Belvy. I was like, damn. More like, Belvy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the hashtag. And you always see people like like hashtagging that. Like this is when like hashtagging just started. Like, sure. He was at the beginning of hashtagging and he like he like coined. The beginning then, of hashtagging. What is this like 2009, 2010? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Around that time. And uh, just it's just funny. Like once... I think once the check stopped, the hashtag stopped as well. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I didn't see the hashtag no more after that. Uh, hashtag less Bellevue yeah. at that point. <laughs> exactly. uh, so 
Mad Vu, one of the hardest working men in Portland. No, stop. Portland, Oregon. <laughs> yeah, you are, you fucking liar. <laughs> uh, welcome. Welcome here. And also Thank welcome you. to one of the first uh, first generation burden recordings that are actually happening in my home. So welcome home, to my home. Home edition. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> home improvement, Tim Allen style. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you're an amazing designer, amazing creative person. Thank you. And, um, yeah. And also like a real inspiration to me as, as well as, uh, kind of being, um, one of the people that helped me, uh, acclimate to Oregon <laughs> and also my fiance. So, uh, again, welcome. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, I want to talk to you today about, um, what brought you here and also as a native, uh, Oregonian. Yes, Oregonian. Yes, yeah. not Oregonian, Oregonian. Oregonian, not Oregonian. Yeah, well, people say Oregon. People from out of town usually say Oregon, but it's sure. or- Oregon, like guns. Oregons. Yeah, Oregons. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, right? Yeah, it kind of makes it a little bit more tougher. Yeah, We're a little like bit. very granola out here, but it's not, there's no guns involved. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to make it sound tough. Yeah. Uh, what part of Oregon are you originally from? I'm originally from a little small town, like 30 minutes south of here, like a small hick town. Got it. Um, I, We were the only Asian family. And you're Vietnamese, right? I'm Vietnamese. Yeah, Vietnamese yeah. American. And at the time growing, at least my age group, we actually... Uh, I grew up and there was like another Vietnamese family that was our, like our next door neighbors. And I sure. played with the kids there, but they were a little bit older. And um, so I I didn't like, I, I played with them, but like, you know, when we got older, we kind of like, they're too far apart for me to like grow up with them. So, sure. Um, There's actually a really decent, uh, decent sized Asian contingent out here. There is. Yeah. I mean, in immediate proper par- uh, Portland proper, if you will, like mm-hmm. there's like a lot of, there's like small communities that you even see like. There's Mins and Mungs out here too. So like, sure. like smaller, like Cambodians. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of, there's a decent Vietnamese population, like especially Northeast Portland. Okay. Um, my, my grandma who recently passed away, she lived up in uh, Northeast Portland. And um, what, so th- what, what brought Asians here originally? Do you know? You know, so my, my folks actually met in, in the States. So my parents, oh, my parents, left during the war they escaped vietnam during the war and then they made it up to they like i think my dad actually ended up immigrating to the states but he came in through seattle i believe Hmm. what year was this if this is the war 1980 oh okay so it's post-war post-war but um so they had a like yeah they were everyone was kind of waking up from the the vietnam nightmare exactly and just trying to like figure it out and like you know, a lot of people kind of, they didn't know what to do. Like, cause I mean, to get a little political about sure, it, go like, for it. um, the, I mean, at the time there's obviously like a lot of sentiments, like communism is, you know, is the way and like, this is the only way. And like, my dad had to go through like reeducation camps and like, in the States. Were, no, no, no. This was, this was, in oh, oh, this is in Vietnam. Okay. In Vietnam. Yeah. And like, they had like labor camps. So it's like, I mean, it was real. Like wow. it was, it wasn't easy. And like he knew going forward, it wasn't. You know, like if you were part of the the old government, like sure. um, then you're considered pretty much part of the en- like the enemy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of sad. But so they ended up having to leave, and they had to do one of those. Like my dad was on, like on a boat where like they literally just like snuck out in the middle of the night, went on the boat, and like just prayed to God that they hit land. Somewhere. Was he by himself with family? He what? was with his aunt and. Um, or was she protecting him essentially or well, caretaking? They were, were kind of like just 
kind of figuring out together, like watching each other's backs, essentially. Wow. Um, and then he ended up in a refugee camp in Malaysia. Okay. Um, but he like it, he had crazy stories where like you know Thai pirates would come through and like they would like you know you, there's I mean like it's real like there's stories of people like Thai pirates kidnapping women and like raping and like wow. like literally like just doing like just taking everyone's money and like it's just crazy and then um but he he got Thai pirates came to his boat but they didn't take they didn't they just took people's like gold that's it and they sure. left everyone alone but so he got lucky there but there were times where like you would go out and there was no food and no no water to drink how old was he at the time he was 19 okay so he fled when he was like 19 years old or 20 yeah 19 because he got to the states or maybe even 18 because he got to the states when he was 20 did he have any sort of political leanings at the time or was he more just like i want to get out of here and get out of this situation uh yeah it was definitely both it was definitely like um, just, you know, being in the South, um, kind of want, you kind of want to fight for democracy and like, you know, his family has ties to like the old government, sure. um, like working for the educational system, essentially. Got it. It's like his, um, his dad was like a principal at a school. Mm-hmm. Um, so like having ties to the government is like not very, it's, you know, that's not, it's not a good look for you. Sure. Um, at that time. At that, at that time. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, yeah, he ended up fleeing and he was in a refugee camp for like over a year, probably like a year and a half or something like that mm. before he got his papers to come over to um, America. But yeah, long story short, they he fled in the middle of the night. He almost died, literally died a few times on the way. Wow. <laughs> like, you know, from either like not having food or water or like his, he got split from his like group that they were skipping together mm-hmm. and they... um. He got split up and he got, he fell behind the group, but the group actually ended up getting captured by the communists. Oh no. They, they took him away and he actually was able to like sneak through the point. What about where, his aunt? No, they were together. Oh, they were together. Okay. So like she waited for him and like, he just got lucky. You know, like my, both my parents are pretty religious. So like my dad like gives it up to God for like having us back there like right. you know like raised just, catholic yes yeah, Got yeah. It. Very, oh hardcore ha- yeah. catholic yeah i'm i'm a practicing catholic but my parents were like major devout like oh oh so are mine yeah 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 so but um yeah he made it to states and then i think he lived for like a year and then he i can't remember how my folks met but like they had mutual friends mm-hmm. and like they just like met and then they just started dating and then let me see the date. Did your like, mom have a similar story when she got here? Similar, yeah. Her dad was actually in the army. He's passed away as well, too. Okay. Um, but he um she ended up going to Thailand. I don't know as much detail about her story. So sure. actually one of these days, one of my one of my projects I like to do is just like sit down and like write everything down or like record their story, you know? Yeah. Like just I think it's important to like kind of like remember the history of like how we got here. Cause I'm, you know, yeah, being first generation here. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, I got to like get the torch going, you know? I, I absolutely feel you on that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So your parents meet here. <clears throat> yeah. Met in Portland and then they dated for like a year. Why they, why, why Portland? Out of curiosity. Well, I don't know. I think, I think it ba- it's based I'm, on your sponsors too. I think you have sponsors, oh. like people who like, you know, were like, oh yeah, we'll take care of these people once they get here and mm-hmm. kind of get them acclimated to America. Sure. Um, so I think that's probably part of it. Mm-hmm. And actually, I know that my dad's family came to the Pacific Northwest first. 
and that's definitely why he came here. So, but I don't know exactly why they came to the Pacific Northwest in the first place. Okay, but I'm assuming it has something to do with like sponsorships or something like that. Like, got it. A sponsored family, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I know that my dad was like the last of his family to get to the states. Okay, because he got split up too. Like he was stuck in the refugee camp, and everyone left, and then, um, but finally, like they made it to the Pacific Northwest, kind of reunited, and then, um, and then yeah, my dad met my mom and then they like did it for a year. They, they got married after a year mm-hmm. and then they had me a year after that. So I are you an only kid? No, I have a younger brother. Oh, okay. A little brother. He's four and a half years younger than me. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So 19, no, 80, 84. So they must've did it for, yeah, they met probably met like 82 mm-hmm. and then 83 got married and then 84. They had me. So yeah. Well, um, so you're growing up in Oregon. Yes, yes. Yeah, what's that, what's that, yeah, what's that experience like? It's, so it's, it's interesting. Oh, my dad landed there because he got a, um, so the small suburb outside of Portland, Yeah, being one of the only few Vietnamese families, he got like, I think at the time the government was giving like a tax break on like kind of people hiring immigrants at the time because okay. there was a massive influx of immigrants, got especially it. from Vietnam. And so they got a, like a break and my, I remember my dad telling me this story, his, his boss, um, who hired him, my dad like wrote down, um, on like his application, like things that he was like interested in or whatever. Like he, no, he just wrote down mechanic work or something like that. Okay. And, um, it was, it's funny. Cause like the guy was like a funny car race driver. <laughs> so like a, on the drag strip so he's like oh this guy likes cars so i'm just gonna hire him that's essentially how he got the job which yo is that's amazing and my at the time my dad, dad was like mechanic and then it's like funny car race yeah driver. yeah and then he's like yo we'll hire this guy but at the time my dad i remember my dad was telling me the stories of like his english he, coming to america he didn't know any english at all and so like the only like he definitely knew yes and no that's pretty much it <laughs> like like as funny, funny like, car. Yes. He like, they would ask him to do something and he would say no. Like, <laughs> Yo, that's so G. Yo, yeah. Right. He's like, I love no. that. <laughs> but he didn't know any better. So it's it funny, but my dad's been at the same job. He's still at the same job now. So that's amazing. Yeah. He's still at the same gig. So he's a draftsman for a small telephone company in our hometown. And so he'll like map out you know, like telephone lines go here and internet cables go here around the city. So he's in charge of that. And like, okay, we need, that's a really heavy duty job. It, we need this many engineer, like uh yard yardage, you yeah. know, of whatever fiber yeah. optic cables and all that stuff. So for sure, that's like his main gig, but yeah, he's been doing that forever, man. Like before I was born. So what does your mom do? My mom works at a small, um, like one of the small, like Unified Meyer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah of she course. Just, she works at. She just does like uh, she just works in like the clothing department there. So. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, like growing up there was kind of crazy because in my grade, like yeah. my even like immediately like two above me and like two behind me, I was like the only Asian kid, pretty much. Really? So like Asian, like the only. And I remember growing up, my mom would always like she like I remember like ingrained in my brain, and this doesn't really apply to me nowadays, but it's just like you got to remember like you stand out you're you know you're the, the color of your skin is brown and so whatever you do reflects on us on how we raise you so make sure you're you know you're doing well in school and you're well behaved at school so i just like never forgot that growing yeah. up you know so yeah and that's probably why i'm wilding out now 
Because yeah. I'm like, <laughs> just all this pent up. Like that's, that's why was, you're you're going insane yeah. <laughs> right now. Exactly. Wow, that's great. Like, that's actually uh, an amazing thing to tell your kids growing up. Because I I had a similar experience where I was like the only Asian kid. Yeah. In a in an area, and I had to you know uh, just know that I was very different exactly. and had to realize it exactly. and kind of like navigate that world. And a lot of people don't even really they don't sympathize or empathize necessarily with the experience. Exactly. Yeah. So like, what was, what was diversity like out here? And it it feels like that exists out here in Portland. Yeah. But where I lived, it was literally like all my friends were either white or Hispanic. That's it. Got it. Cause we had a lot of Hispanic people in, in our hometown, but it was like, I mean, it was, but most of my, I mean like my two best friends were growing up. All my best friends growing up were like all white. Sure. But I mean, it was fine. Like, I didn't really, I mean, you do get a few, you know, ignorant white trash kids sure. like saying, making comments, you know, sure. like to me. And uh, that definitely stuck with me too growing up. I just What's like, the worst you ever got it? You want to say? No, uh, I mean, like it wasn't like, I never got beat down or anything because I was yeah. a pretty good kid or, but it was just like stupid comments, you know, like, like calling me chink when I'm not even Chinese sure. or like, you know, they're doing the eyes thing, sure. like the slanted eyes thing sure. and like. I never, I'll never forget it. Like this kid, this kid, his name is Nick Care. <laughs> yeah, I remember this kid. Yeah, listen up, Nick. Yeah, if you're listening to this, yo, yeah. I'm gonna try to find. <laughs> yo, come holler at me. You know where yeah, I. Yeah, what's up, Nick? <laughs> I remember this kid. We were like, this is literally elementary school. Unfriend your ass. And he, I remember he like he would say it, he had this like little nursery rhyme. This little Asian. It was me Chinese, me play joke, me go pee pee in your coke. And he did the eyes thing. I was like. I'm like, I'm not even Chinese, dog. Like, oh my god, that's sinister. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, yo, like you're, cr- you're like crazy for that. I yeah. never, I, I still remember that. Yeah. So I guess was he the author of said rhyme. I, 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 I guess I don't know, but like, he, uh, yeah, he did the little eyes thing, and I was just like, I just looked at him funny. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I'm like, man, man, you should have taken hot oil and water and just like splashed it in his it, face. It was crazy. But Acid then, burned him. Oh, that, so that leads me to my next point. I remember, so this is at the boom of the internet, right? Like sure. this is like internet 56K modem dial up. Got I it. can't be on the internet and at the phone at the same time. I'm, I'm placing this at so, uh, 1997, 1998. Yes, exactly. This is when what, like- What internet provider were you using at the time? Um, I'm going to say- Our local one. Oh, okay. Our local one, but- um. I was going to say, like, this is, like, AOL Instant Messenger time. Sure. Geo sure. Cities, Asian Avenue. Yeah. Oh, Asian Avenue. Asian Avenue. Oh, my God. I definitely had one of those. Oh, man. I had yeah. an Asian Avenue mixtape. <laughs> it was, like, an, it was like a mixed CD. It was, like, an orange CD. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You yes. are, you are bringing back the yes, clocks right that's now. what I'm... And you, like, you remember the little gifts of, like, of just, like, the Asian pride stuff. Absolutely. Like that movement. So, that's... Okay, Little beaded necklaces of yes, flags. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yes. The little yeah. like Asian beaded necklaces yeah. and everything. I was, I was very much in that culture. The, uh, and like also like the bracelet. That yes. was like the heavy. That, that was that was yeah. those times. But anyways, I remember discovering that. And that's probably when I really got in touch with like how I'm different and how I stand out. Got it. And I, this was definitely, let me see, I want to say seventh grade yep. for me growing up. And like. I remember like, just like, oh, I'm different. And like, I got to be proud. Yeah. Like, I'm going to like, I'm going to flip it. Like, you know, I might get made fun of, but like, I'm actually going to be proud of who I am. And I actually had, I remember meeting my cousin. I, I flew down to Cali. Okay. Santa Ana. This is like Santa Ana, like Rosemead, California. Like, 
which is like um, not too far from LA, like Pasadena. Mm-hmm. And I met I met up with my extended family, and I have a I had a cousin who was like a gangbanger, like down okay. there. And like he had the like it was just crazy, like the slick back hair. Sure. And like at the time, it was like the big like like huge jeans that were like Jenko oh, jeans. Oh, like Jenko jeans yeah. or like UFO pants, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. At that that at that time, and I remember meeting him, and he was like tatted too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he was like young, and I was like, yo, like he kind of like made me feel a certain way about being proud about yeah. who I am, that yeah. kind of stuff. And I kind of emulated some of, you know, his style or whatever. And yeah. I, I remember like I had this, this backpack and, uh, it's interesting how we need those style icons. Right. Growing up. Yeah. Um, I know you're saying backpack. Yeah. I had this backpack and I, I took, this, I took white out to it and I wrote Asian pride on it. Uh huh. Really big. Sure. And I wore it to school and I got called in the principal office. Believe it or not, I got called in. And one of the teachers, I still remember the teacher, but I'm not going to call him out because I like him, actually. <laughs> he he kind of ratted, he, he snitched me out. And he was like, because apparently Asian Pride was a an, like a legitimate Asian street gang in Portland. Oh, really? So they thought I was affiliated with what? it. But I'm like, yo, I'm That's the only- Asian street I'm gang? The, I'm the only Asian kid here. That's really like, unfortunate that like, a street gang would call themselves Asian Pride. Right, yeah. At least have something more menacing. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Or spell pride in a certain way. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, mine like legit just said Asian pride sprout properly. But he, he like, yeah, I, I had to like take that shit off. And my mom Get was like, out of here. my mom was like, see, I told you, you shouldn't have done. Like my mom scolded me. I got in trouble sure. for that. So oh, I was man. more like bummed about my mom. How many rosaries that. did you have to pray after yeah. that in recompense? I know, right? I don't, yeah, man, that was so long ago. But I, yeah, I remember doing that and like, I was just like, man, it was just kind of crazy. Like, yeah. Like how like, I th- yeah, at the time I was just like, man, I'm, you know, I got to stand up for who I am. Sure. And like be proud. Especially like, you know, I have a younger brother and I kind of want to pave the way for him, you know, yes. like block down field for him. So like yeah. he wouldn't get any flack or anything. But I mean, you know, I think he had it. I, d- I think I, I, I hope that I kind of helped out a little bit. Did you ever have to get into like physical altercations, fights and defend yourself? Was ever, did it ever come down to that? Yes, but it was never racially motivated. Oh, it was more so just like stupid kids, kids doing kids, stupid shit. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. It was just like rough housing and like on the play yard or whatever. So it wasn't like, it never was racially like, yeah, driven Charged. or anything. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what was the scene out here? Like, I'm kind of curious about for a uh, music scene mm-hmm. and uh, just cause uh, I'm an East Coaster, yep. so like trying to navigate the uh, the Pacific Northwest, like grunge era, as yeah. well as like the music out here, and there's a lot of like dope hip hop out here too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what was that scene like, and how did you navigate? Because you're a DJ too. Like, how did you navigate within that? Um, what are you talking about now or back then? Mm, back then, I guess. Back then, like leading up to now, because like, you're really hip hop. Yeah, too. yeah. So let me see here. My, I remember. My homie at the time, this was my homie. My homie, <laughs> he uh, Brent Bourbonnet. I, you know, that guy is not on social media, so I can't find him. Oh, but sucks. he's the one who put me on Death Row Records, and so being from the West Coast, I was definitely like heavy. Like I don't know you're from the East, but like I was heavy on West Side Connection, Ice Cube, Dub C, oh, Mac yeah. Ten, sure, um, Death Row Records, like Tupac, Snoop, all that. Like I was like. Just in it, like I listened to Dub C's "The Shadiest One," like on repeat. That was wow. That was my first parental advisory CD that I got. Was Dub C's "Shadiest One." 
Did you ever play the music? Oh, how did you navigate playing that in the house? Oh, headphones, duh. Really? <laughs> when did you start like playing it loud? Because I remember the the first time I ever played uh, Mystery of Chess Box and Wu Tang oh, on a cassette yeah. single. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then my mom is like loud in my room. My mom like knocking the door. She's like, "What, Ichi? Yeah. Ichi, what are you listening to?" Yeah. <laughs> Like how do you how do you do that? You just headphones, and then one day just like just I mean it's headphones, and then you know to be honest, it was I I I went to Walmart and cop the clean versions. Oh I man, up, I ended up having to. I never I never got. I mean, still to this day, I won't play like crazy ratchet music in front of my folks. Like I still sure me too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's I still, a level of respect. Ex- I, yeah, I mean like now, yeah now, but back then too, I was just like just like I was afraid that they were gonna take my shit away. So sure, I ended up just like I mean like I. I like nowadays, like I can I can cuss in front of them. Like I don't feel bad about it. Like yeah. they joke around, but yes. Um, but back in the day, I was just like, I just don't want my stuff taken. You know. So, oh yeah, for sure. So also, was, an Asian parent will kick yeah, the shit out of you. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Definitely. So my homie Brent put me up on it, and I was, I remember he recited Gin and Juice word for word, and I was so impressed. <laughs> that was the first time I remember it. Still that's today. great. And that's what inspired me. You're he let so me, impressed. He let me borrow the CD, and I, I bootlegged it with a, a tape, of course. Like, sure. So, like, was I, this full doggy style, or was it just the Death Row's Greatest Hits? Oh, Death Row's Greatest Hits. Yeah. Okay. So I borrowed that, and um, I recorded on tape, and I just listened to that on repeat, and listened to every single song and track and everything. And wow. from there, that's how it spread to the other other joints. I never really got into Biggie at the time because, like, no one, under my, I, you know, you're a product of your environment. So yeah. whatever my friends listen to, I listen to as well. Yes. Um, so, and yeah, it wasn't, was a huge East Coast thing. it wasn't, um, rap exclusive too. So like, as you know, growing up with white kids, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get into rock music too. Sure. So, like that was like a big, absolutely big thing for me growing up. Like I listened to like tool, like who would have thought oh, that yeah. I listened to tool? Like, I don't, I, I look back on, it, I'm like, man, I listen to that. That's crazy. Yeah. Like in terms of an audio experience though, they're giving you a lot. Yeah. I mean, like it's just some, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Growing up like that was like tool and i was actually the one who put my friends on rage against the machine because oh, that yeah. was kind of like a nice mixture between rock and rap you know yes absolutely so i really appreciated <laughs> rage against the machine that was like my favorite brand like band growing up like yeah rage and 311 like the 311 wow yeah. yeah so like that was pretty big to me and then um once i got to college my friend put me up on a fire inside afi from norcal and like i've heard it's a, of that punk band Oh, okay. Like, full punk band, like yeah, they're they're pretty dope. I mean, like their new shit's kind of whack, but the older stuff is really good, you really? know. And then um, I remember I had a um another friend who's out in Brooklyn now, Eddie Wickline. He put me up on like Misfits and Dead Kennedys. Oh, that's what's you know, up. Like on like tape, but he was like legit punk rock. Like he had leather jacket with the studs. Yeah, and he had like he had like the swastika. Like and crossed out like on oh. his on his like wow hardcore his, like hardcore like patches and spikes everywhere and like skateboarder and like the chucks. I mean, he lived it. He wasn't wow. like he wasn't just like yeah, listen. No, he was like he he was punk. Yeah. There's something about that that punk scene that feels really authentic to this area, no, like Pacific Northwest. So, totally. You know? I mean, it's still it's still alive. I I believe it. Like yeah. it's still like you still see that grunge. Like you know, like yeah. I mean, like having you know, Nirvana being like a Seattle band. For sure. You know, like that. And like, um, Everclear is a Portland band. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. They're from Portland. I used to like their early, early shit. Exactly. Yeah. It's good. And then, um, when it got kind of like into more, I don't know, poppy. Yeah. Top 40s. Yeah. 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 When it got top 40s, I was like, Oh, mm, Everclear. 
Actually, you know, it's funny that I was talking to Brandon about this, mm-hmm. um, who I DJ with, Brandon. He, um, I was telling him that New Shoes is actually from Portland. You know New Shoes? No. What's the song shoes? I Can't Wait from the 80s? No. Look it up. Like, okay. New Shoes, I Can't Wait. When you hear it, you're like, okay, I know that song. It's like, it's... It's oh wait, a, is this a new song? No, no, it's right from now? the '80s. Oh, it's from the '80s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But those all, guys. all your words put together, I was like, "New shoes." <laughs> like from oh, the yeah, '80s. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, "Wait, this could all either mean from the actual '80s or from something that actual is- '80s." Yeah. yeah. Okay. And new shoes is spelled N-U-S-H-O-O-Z. Okay. Don't know why they did that, but but that's the only Over. song that they had. They're one hit wonder, unfortunately, but <clears throat> um, Portland Pride, right there. Wow, that's cool. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so like the, the whole grunge rock thing, I definitely was, was into that. And like, it's weird to think about like my music experiences and like my upbringing, my like, you know, like all the things I was into kind of like shaped me into who I am today. I feel Mm -hmm. like in a way, like, I feel like, um, I, I don't know, like a lot of people might call it whitewashed, but like, there's definitely like a part of me that's very like patriotic or whatever. Sure. And like just really into like America, you know, like the Me classic. Too. I, love I, mean? I love America. I love America. Even though there's some like crazy times that like some crazy times we're living in right now. It's not like, but I still love it though. You know, like I'm, yeah. I'm the dude, like I, I got one of my favorite t-shirts that I have is like this, try burning this one asshole. And it's like the American flag. That's one of my favorite <laughs> t-shirts, dude. That's like that one. And like the love it or leave it. Like, yeah. I love, like, that's like, I like that kind of stuff. And like, uh, early this year, I acquired my first Harley Davidson. So you were telling me about this, yeah, yeah dude. You are well. Whenever I meet someone with like a motorcycle, let alone Harley Davidson, I a feel like uh, I am less of a man <laughs> <laughs> immediately, and b I am just like my my hands actually physically start to sweat a little bit because <laughs> I like something like that just makes me very fearful for my life <laughs> and also the skin on my body. But it seems like you're doing all right. It, no, I, yeah. I, well, I started off with a small little 250cc bike like Suzuki the small like standard bike it's not a crotch rocket it's like it's like the very like entry level and I rode that for a few years but I was like I've always wanted something loud like gotcha and I've always appreciated like Harley Davidson and like just like so were you just like leaning back arms up exactly yeah I have like these chopper yeah exactly yeah I'm trying to get into that scene I have a couple homies that are like um, connected in that community. There's a char- there's a small chopper community here, and like huh. a couple built really talented. There's builders. a motorcycle show that happens here once a year. Yes, too. yeah, it's put on by CC Motorcycles actually. Really, it's in February. It's called uh, the One Motor Show. Is that meant to be like a chopper thing? Or is that meant to be like an all bikes thing? Oh, it's all bikes thing, definitely. But they invite um, builders from all over the world. Wow, like you got you. There's this dude from Spain, I believe, and uh, El Solitario, and he like. He like ships his bike over from Spain. Crazy. And like it's the he his bike that he had last year was like this Mad Max looking bike. It looks like it came out of Mad Max, the movie. <laughs> it was unreal. It was so tight. But um How much tooling around do you do on your bike? You know, I don't know a ton about it, but like I try to meet up with these these guys and try to pick their brains. And like I'm you know, it's just one thing at a time for me. So like if I'm if there's a certain job I'm trying to work on, yeah. I'll buy the tools just for that job, and I figure like I'm gonna just build up my library that way. Like this is what I want to work on next. This is what I want to research, and you know you can like I'm just spent all of my free time just like looking up how to fix this, how to do that, yeah, and like YouTube and like all that kind of stuff is just like trying to build up my library, and like that's definitely like you mean library like mental library both. or yeah, yeah both like actual tools like a tool like. <clears throat> 
shed and like and then like my mechanical knowledge yeah your skill set yeah exactly so that's definitely like you know if i were to do a career change like that's the avenue i would like to go to not like motorcycle related right like that's like i would i'd like to do something like that you know like even like i mean if i even if i left nike or whatever like yeah. i would i would definitely like man like holla at like harley davidson like do some work for them like that would be amazing i feel like just some something like that i don't know like um that's where my heart's at for sure so to build on that point yeah um so creatively you do work at nike i do yeah we both we both work at nike yeah Yeah. (laughs) let's be real yeah we we don't yeah yeah let's talk about it um but i know uh you can we can you can bleep that out right (laughs) yeah we can't exactly Uh, if i don't like black choppers will just come in and just like overtake this entire home like alien gonzalez style (laughs) but um without getting to the particulars of like our day-to-day um creatively like you seem like a very much like a experimenter and tinkerer and a person that likes to do a lot of things yeah yeah and like a, and a full maximizer of your time I, I try, yeah yeah like what do you think what do you attribute that to oh man like you know i don't know i always think about like the, the sacrifices my parents made like they spend they literally dedicate their lives just to feeding my brother and i and like mm-hmm. to provide like clothes on our back and education and like a yeah. roof over our heads and like see him grind so hard, like makes me like I, I want to grind hard too. But like I want to make sure that like I, you know they they tell me like we want you to do what you want to do. Like actually, funny story. Like I I have a degree in human physiology from University of Oregon. Do you really human phys? Because I want to be a dentist. And a lot of people might think that my parents pressured me to be a dentist, but that was me actually. Like mm-hmm. I know that I pressured myself to be a dentist. And like this dude, is undergrad. This is undergrad, yeah. So I have a de- an undergrad degree in that, and then what did you minor in? Um, actually, I minored in multimedia design at the same oh, time. So I have a minor in that at that time. But um, my senior year at U of O, I like pretty much just C's get degrees. Like I coasted by, like C minus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Never heard that before. So <laughs> C's get degrees. Yeah, exactly. That's what's up. So I just like coasted by, and then I was like, yo, I can't do eight more years of this. Like, there's no way. Sure. And so the girl at the time I was dating, she was like, why don't you meet with my friend of mine that goes to Portland State and she's studying graphic design. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll just meet up with her. And I met up with her like, yeah, okay, I'll just sign up. And this is already after undergrad. So I graduated in June and I enrolled by fall, by that September. I was already at, I was doing a post back. That's what they call it. Like a post back. So it's like a lo- extended um, double major essentially. Oh, so gotcha. I can okay. skip all of the general ed stuff, like the undergrad general ed, like sure. your first two years. Sure. And just go straight to the major stuff. Oh wow! And it'll give you essentially a second bachelor's exactly. or another bachelor. Oh, exactly. So it's like a long double major essentially, if you if you will. Got it. Got it. So I did post back in graphic design at Portland State, mm-hmm. and then that's when I went down to Cali, full wow. circle, going down to Cali for like a year, and then intern, and then transfer back because at the time I was actually working in Apple retail. Okay. Um, and I was working in Hollywood, and then I came back here. How long were you in Cali for? Just a year. Oh, okay. And then... Did you like it out there? Yeah, it was It was good. It was just like... But, you know, I think I was too young. I feel like I wasn't like in the right mind frame to like grow up on my own. Sure. Out there. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I made it. I was fine. I didn't... You know, I never got into trouble or anything. But just as from like a financial perspective, I feel like, you know, getting my bearings straight up here. Like, now I could go anywhere and be, be okay. But... Yeah. Um, at the time, like, yeah, I was just like, all right, I got to get back. And then... But luckily, as soon as I got back... 
um, just everything kind of came together. I was doing um, album artwork for Mick Boogie. He just goes oh by yeah, Mick. I just yeah. Go, he just goes by Mick now. Yeah, I was doing his wow. mixtape covers. I've done a few of them for him at the time, and um, I used to download all that shit. And like, especially in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Like, yeah. I was really big into Mick Boogie. I did, I did his Sundance stuff. He was like, because my, my friend at the time at Apple, he's a DJ, and he was like, "Yo, Mick is look. This guy is Mick is looking for someone to do his covers." So I shot it over to him, like my portfolio of stuff, and mm-hmm. it was just like personal projects that i worked on so because wow. i don't i don't have any professional work he's sure. like yo i like that like i like this 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 and like so i ended <laughs> up doing some stuff for him and then my recruiter at nike mm. he was also an aspiring dj and he's like yo you did stuff for mick like i'm gonna get you in here so that's so funny so i got in through that like yeah i mean like i know freelance ain't free but you yes. know what i mean yeah but that it did there's a hustle there's a hustle. There's a real hustle. It's a real hustle. And it, it did lead me to my gig. You know what I mean? Yo, so. what do you think about that uh, when it comes to the whole freelancing for thing? And then a lot of freelancers are kind of like, they shut down work that could potentially lead to something. Yes. But uh, which I have two minds about. Yeah. Because I'm like, I, I like A, B, I, I want to be respected for my skill set. Exactly. Yep. And with respect comes some sort of compensation, even if it's not financial yeah. it's more of like a, a respect thing totally. so it's like there's a symbolic respect and like a literal respect yeah yeah but um but then are creatives coming up a little too entitled right now exactly that's what i'm saying so that's that leads me to my next point i definitely feel like people need to like kind of pay their dues like yeah I'm, I'm growing up that's a, that's a thing is that, that an immigrant thing too you know i mean like it's both an age thing like a generation thing and um, an immigrant thing, definitely. Because when I interned for B, he was just like, you got to pay your dues. Like, he would, you know, like, he, like that, he ingrained that in me as well, too. So, like, yeah. and, you know, even my parents, like, you just got to pay your dues. And, like, pay your dues. I think freelance ain't free. It's true. Like, at this point, I would, it depends on the project. But for the most part, like, I'm, you know, you know, I'm making, I'm making dough off my, my work. I'm not, yeah. it's not free. You exactly. Know? So, exactly. I think, growing, like, as a student, I think that's cool because, like, you know, you're, you're paying your dues and I think it's important to like select your projects because um, if it's like a passion project, like chances are it's going to be dope and then that dope work can lead to like, you know, your recruiter being of like, course. yo, I like that, you know? So it's kind of like, kind of like that. And also like a little, t- little tidbit, I want to toot my own horn here. Mick got me to, he he linked me up with Buster Rhymes and I did Buster Rhymes and Q-Tip's first mixtape cover too. Whoa. So that was the last mixtape cover I did. That was a couple years ago. Damn. Like, in uh in December, I remember like getting on the phone with Busta, and I was like, "I'm like, yeah." I was I was out to dinner, and I was like, I had like step. I was like, "Yo, I'm on the phone." With like it was crazy. Oh my god! Yeah. Was did you get on the phone with Q-Tip too? No, no, because I think Busta, Busta was, rhymes like on the phone. He sounds like he he raps, but just talking version. It's so tight. <laughs> it's so dope. Yeah, he was a super nice dude, and like uh, um, I helped him out with like he had a follow up mixtape the following year, and um. And then, uh, yeah, I think he's still he's still he's still making music now. I believe. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, he was on the new Tribe album. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was dope. He was on. The, he was just on SNL when they were on. That's right. Although he didn't like do a verse or anything, he just kind of like did a little cameo with Consequence. Yeah. 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 So. No, I love Buster Rhymes. But that that was that was a fun project to like just, I mean, like legendary like, you know, rap artists like. Yeah. It's crazy. It was dope. It was good. What do you think it is about the? 
our heroes from that generation, which are like, you know, like 90s mainstays. And I, I think it's safe to say like we're kind of 90s kids. Yeah, no, right? totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, is that, do you think that's nostalgia at this point? Is that nostalgia or is that still very much a fresh thing? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, or, or like... Like uh, that era, you mean? Yeah. Well, you see, you definitely see a resurgence of it in like fashion, if you will, right? Of like course. You see like people wearing vintage tees from that era, whatever, you know, like... Yep. So I I don't think it's a complete departure from it, but it's definitely yeah. like a renewal, if you will, like a repurposing of yeah. that that era, you know? So um, I think that's... It's still... The 90s are still... Do you ever think like what's gonna be um, our post '90s mindsets? I mean, they're already like doing like Y2K stuff already. You know, like you see like um, like some New York brands. Like I feel like like Venomous or something like that. Might sure. Not, or like uh, V Files will like take inspiration from like yeah. 2001. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's true. There's a few. I, f- I saw this T-shirt one time where like like even like faux distress. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But like, like digi, I, digi I saw like uh someone had like a they did this t-shirt where it's like LimeWire and Napster and like all these like boo oh like, my god like all the stuff that you would use to boo like music like the logos yeah and they put it on a t-shirt it was crazy that's kind of cool so it was pretty dope but man yeah kind of like LimeWire one arm like bear yeah. share on another yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like a little uh, yeah. woven Napster patch yeah like exactly for a chest hit that would be <laughs> <laughs> that'd be kind of ill that would be dope. Yeah, not a lot of people would. And I have a mic machine that. all up my right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> on my back, and then Asian Avenue down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Asian Avenue hard crop yeah. at the bottom yeah. <laughs> on my drop tail. There, it's so I don't know. Like the next, well, yeah. What is the new vintage? Like, actually, do you think like they'll ever play like Tupac on oldies stations? Like. I, you know I, what I mean? They have like, to at some point, I, right? Like they that, have to. That would be. But then what? What happens to the oldies, oldies? You know, like real all, true like, oldies, like Elvis Presley oldies. Like what? What happens to all that? Like what do they call that? Extra uh, oldies. I well, I think it's it would go to <laughs> extra oldies. <laughs> I would love that. I think it's gonna go to like a serious XM style of yeah, nostalgia, oh, yeah, where yeah. it pinpoints it to a specific right. era. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. like sixties on six or whatever. A- exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be more like a channel. Yeah. Okay. Um, or like you know. Boneyard plays Boneyard. Yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Backspin? Backspin yeah, is like, oh, yeah, retro. Yeah, right, right. But then that could encompass, you know. My favorite XM radio station is the Yacht Rock. You know about that? I think it's 118. <laughs> oh my God. I want 118, I think, something like that. What's on Yacht Rock? It's just like smooth sailing, like Doobie Brothers, Michael <laughs> McDonald. <laughs> Michael McDonald. Yes. It's all like, uh, like Holland Notes, like wow. all the good stuff, man. Like, yeah, Yacht Rock is like, it's good to like just tune in and like just vibes. Yeah, exactly. All vibes. Oh, it's so good. So definitely check that out. But um, yeah. yeah, like that that niche, uh, that nostalgia niche. Like man, Y two K. Is that that still feels too new to me? But what the Does fuck? That, I'm, so to a kid is just old. I have a few mixes that uh, I've done that are like all inspired by like the early two thousands, like. I call it Thug Love. Like, it's all, like, Jaw Rule. Oh, I've downloaded a couple of these. They're ill. Yeah, so it's, like, literally, like, you know, early 2000s stuff. So, sure. like, I feel like... If <laughs> oh, you, real quick. Yeah. Can I tell you the story about Jaw Rule? 
Well, not Jaw. Oh, Ashanti no, please. specifically. Please. How I'm... my my ongoing feud with Ashanti. And Wait, how... a feud? What? <laughs> you got beef with Ashanti? Yo, let me tell you about this. Ashanti and her mom. <laughs> so one time I was working. Yeah, uh, I was working at Fuse TV. Yeah. You know Fuse TV. Uh, they are a competitor of MTV. Okay. Yeah, it says another music video channel. Okay. And uh, one time, one of their ads uh, had left to go on vacation for a couple of weeks, and then I stepped in to just do some pickup work. At the time, they were launching this sure. show called Fuse News. Okay. Uh, it was supposed to be with uh, Shanti, supposed to be an anchor. Okay. Um, along with um, oh, what's uh. Um, something Osborne, Sharon Osborne's son. What's his name? Oh, Jack. Jack Osborne, yeah. Alexa Chung, and like a couple of other people that were kind of like in a millennial sure. type of yeah, yeah, in a millennial state, but like they were trying to be news anchors. So we had to Photoshop like all the work, or uh, we had to uh, we had to touch up all the work as is to be expected of photo work. Sure, yeah, right. And then Ashanti's hair was not touched up properly. Oh, yeah, and like, the, and they needed to roll out all the assets like super immediately. fast. Yeah. yeah, immediately. So they just, there just kind of wasn't time. And they were, they were uh, doing um, test episodes in the studio downstairs. They were in the building, literally. This all happened in the course of like oh four my days. Gosh. And then uh, there was like a little bit of a hole in Ashanti's hair. This is years ago, so yeah. I kind of don't care. <laughs> so. Uh, Ashanti gets pissed. She sees it. She has to get approval on everything. No. Ashanti and her manager mom go up to every fucking floor. No way. Yeah, they get to the design floor, my area. <laughs> and they, I see them like going to everyone and then start like yelling at like a desk. Like, leave, oh. yell at desk, leave, yell at desk, come to my desk. Oh, and they're like, yo, what shit. is this? There's a hole in my hair. Oh, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, ah. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I'm, I'm like on day three right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So after that, I was like, wow, I'm just going to always beef with you now, Ashanti. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> hilarious. That's I'm sure she's pleasant when she, you know, when she's... When I'm she's sure, I'm sure she's a lovely human being, yeah. but she was on one that day. Oh. <laughs> Oh my God! So you, so you're at Fuse. That's what it is. Fuse. Yeah, TV. Fuse TV. Yeah. Okay, that, that makes sense. And man, like, I can't believe Ashanti. Yeah, it's kind of funny. She's like attitude Ashanti. I'm, I'm kind of uh, more just impressed at her willingness to be very hands on. Yeah. <laughs> in dealing with you and, know her art directing. <laughs> yeah, oh exactly. Art directing her, uh, her uh, airbrushing. <laughs> that's crazy. That's wild, man. Yeah. But anyway. So shoot, yeah, creative creativity nightmare stories aside. Oh, so like, hit like early Ja Rule, like that was probably like, if you think about like Holla Holla or like. Oh um, yeah, I'm trying to think. What, what was the song with uh, um, Can I Get a? Yeah. Oh, Yo, he was on Can I Get a? Can you believe that? Yeah, that was 1999. That, that was the Rush Hour soundtrack. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rush Hour. <clears throat> yeah. Amelion was on yeah, that Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but she, that was like her only like. That was her only song. That I'm not her only never, jam. Yeah. Uh, where where is she at now? Where is she at now? Yeah. She did a thing though. Remember, she was in that Sprite commercial, that Sprite Voltron commercial. Sprite. Well, I'm trying to remember that. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. This is towards the end of when they started doing like hip hop Sprite commercials before, oh, like yeah. bef way before, like you know Drake came back and kind of yeah, you yeah, know yeah, researched yeah. Totally, that whole thing totally. Yeah, I feel like that was the same. Era. I, I don't know. I'm just going on a tangent here, but I feel oh, like we're, the, we're tangent like like crazy right now. The, uh, but I love it. Do you remember the uh, Nike commercials with the like the basketball, like making the beats? Oh yeah, the Pharrell commercials. No, no, no. I mean like, oh, didn't didn't Nerd 
like didn't they produce those i don't i feel like it was like uh i don't know if they did or not but i just i just remember like i want to say like uh oh, maybe like, i'm misspeaking was it like mike bibby in it or like rasheed wallace yes and like and it was like, like it's a black or it is dark yeah it's dark and then they're dark were, they're just they're just dribbling and then like they would make dun, beats dun, out of that dun, dun, they would just dun, make, dun, and then like, you have like like shoes squeaking like yep, yep as like yep. part of it whatever like yep I think Crazy Legs was in that too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure he's got to be. Yeah, but it's and it's kind of fun, like with the because Crazy Legs was part of like N1, wasn't he? Oh, uh, was he? Oh no, I was um I was in Crazy Legs, the B boy. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there, is there Crazy Legs for the N1 no, street I'm team? Of, I'm probably thinking of Hot Sauce or someone. Like that. You are like Professor or someone like the Professor. Yeah. <laughs> Just some, I don't know, like half man, half amazing. I'm yeah, trying to, I'm trying to remember all those cats. Dude, did you ever get those Anwan mixtapes? I, I used to be all about I got those the bootlegs. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I feel like they were all bootleg. Every, even if every, even if it was actually an Anwan mixtape, it was still bootleg. Everything was bootlegs, <laughs> and like, yeah, I'd, I definitely wasn't trying to pay for anything, especially if I knew how to get it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I used to be all about the Anwan mixtapes, the Zoo York mixtapes. Yeah, those were ill. And then um, those were those were the graffiti ones, right? Um, the New York ones, they're, they're like a skate, like Harold Hunter oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. era type. Okay, word. Yeah, those are so good. And, but yeah, I don't know. It's just We're yeah. dating ourselves a lot. I, I know, yeah, definitely. But it's all good though. I mean like, actually, it's it's funny because last night when I was DJing. Oh yeah. Um, I met this kid that- At Toffee Club. At Toffee shout Club. out to Toffee yeah, Club. Shout out Toffee Club. Um, I met this kid who I follow on Instagram, but he started following me out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And this is young Vietnamese kid. And he, like, I introduced myself, like, in real life, IRL. So I finally met him. And then uh, he, like, uh, we just, I don't know how we got talking about it. He, he was like, how old are you? And I was like, I'm 32. And he's like, damn, I'm 26. And he looked older than me. Oh, but really? I'm like, yo, like, when I was your age. You do have a straight up 21 Jump Street vibe I, about you. I look, I look the same now. And I'll probably look the same now for the next 10 years. I'll probably look yeah, the same. Yeah, I think more than that. But Probably like next 20, but it's, 30 years. It's all good though. Like that's a that's a good I think that's a good thing, you know? The Asian genes, you know? I think so too. So I'm not mad. <laughs> we haven't really talked about it on this podcast, but I think that the Asian ability to look the same age for a long <laughs> period of time, it kind of gives you like this fresh face look when you walk in the door. <laughs> yeah. But then yes. but then you can drop a lot of knowledge based yes. on pure experience yes. because you've been around and seen some shit. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about leveraging that. You it know? is really about leveraging that. Yeah. It's never been cooler to be an Asian creative than right now. Exactly. Cause yeah, exactly. You come in, you're like, oh, it's good. You know, he probably doesn't know a lot. And you're like, dang, he knows a lot. Like, yeah. I was like, about- wow, he's done a lot of shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah so that's uh, you know you gotta use that to your advantage for sure yeah do you feel like you're using that in your day-to-day advantage i feel like that comes across well i mean people know me pretty well like the people i work with yeah um but i mean like uh, everyone likes you i think no i don't know (laughs) except for that one guy (laughs) yeah exactly except for nick yeah exactly i'll find you (laughs) yo yeah, Man, would Nick be crazy. With the poems. Wait, it would be crazy if he's not here. You know what I mean? Like, what if he likes? You know what I mean? I like, know. that's that's pretty wild to think about. Yeah, I don't know, man. It'd be crazy if Nick reached out to you and was like, "Yo, I'm, Yo, so, I'm sorry." It'd be crazy if Ashanti reached out to me. <laughs> yeah. and was like, and she apologized to me <laughs> for yelling at me yeah. that one day, making me feel real bad yeah. about myself. Rich, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's a here's a signed CD. <laughs> <laughs> I would take that. I'd take the hell out of uh, that. Yeah. Definitely. <clears throat> I'm trying to. Remember, I'm trying to think some random tidbit. My friend Tina here in town. You, have you met Tina? Oh yeah, 
Tina, Tina Lay. Lay. Tina Lay. Tina Lay. Tina Snow. Yeah. Yeah. She. I think she got like a someone gave someone gifted her a an autographed jersey signed by Eve. Oh, that's how, dope. How crazy is that? Eve looks great still too. She does. Yeah. Wow. Eve, Eve can still get it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Eve if Eve's listening. Yo. Yeah. If Eve's listening. Yeah. Yeah. Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Reach out to Is us. Is that her government name? I don't even know. So uh, I, feel, I, I would assume so. I know people that are named Eve. Yeah, so yeah. It seems like a normal, normal name. Yeah. Uh, She's aging really well. I feel like she came out of the Rough Riders like pretty much like on top of shit. Yo, it's kind of crazy to think about like people coming in and out of groups and like, I you know, okay, the low hanging fruit here, Justin Timberlake coming out of NSYNC. Sure. You know what I mean? Like- <clears throat> To break out of that, like, mm-hmm. and then, like, do your own thing, and then I'm trying to think of other... I think, like, what Nick Jonas is trying to do that now out of the Jonas oh, Brothers, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he's, I, I, a lot of people, I think, would dismiss that as, like, pop whatever, Yeah, but I'm... I, to your point, I'm, I'm looking at that, like, oh, it's interesting that he's making that conscious move yes. and transitioning into it, and I think it's not the smoothest of transitions, sure, yeah, but he's yeah. still making it happen, like, pretty yeah. successfully. He's try- yeah, he's trying, and, like... I mean, but I think of also like the the Backstreet Boys. They no sure. one came out of there. You know, no, no one, one came out of there. No one had Nick a, Carter could have. Yeah, but, but he I think didn't. he had too much personal drama. And then what's that cast name from Ninety Eight Degrees? Nick Lachey. He, he had like a, a TV show. That's it. Like he did. Yeah, that's it. But um, man, like I yeah. So Eve coming out of Rough Riders, like. She was able to make it. Unfortunately, DMX didn't do so well outside of Rough Riders. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but he started the Rough Rider movement, though. Yeah. But I, I think DMX is actually oddly more relevant now. But I think based on people, so like his music was prom- featured prominently in in Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. remember like yeah. it was like X going give it to you. Yeah, and they yeah. kind of like, gave it like yeah. big research. Sure. I did though see DMX in Miami at Art Basel last year. No way. Yo, was he okay? <laughs> He was great. I'm concerned. <laughs> concerned about D. Well, I mean, I was concerned too. Uh, and then, uh, well, Swiss Beats was hosting a show for Bacardi. Oh, okay, okay. And I was out there with a bunch of homies. And um, so Swiss Beats does this thing and then uh, brings out DMX. No DMX way. does a full set, 40 minutes. Dang. He does push-ups in the middle of his set. <laughs> and then DMX brings out DJ Khaled in the middle of his set. No way. Yeah, it was uh, sounds, amazing. Sounds ill. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, I wish I would have was able to see um, what's that tour? The, the Hard Knock Life tour. Oh, they had Murder Inc., Rockefeller Records, and Rough Riders all under one house. Like wow, the whole had like that. Yeah, the Hard Knock Life tour had like Jaw Rule, DMX, and Jay Z as like the main headliners. Like Man, those that, that would have been so good at that time, right? Like that yeah. would be crazy. And then Up and Smoke tour. I just I wish I could have saw like <laughs> Dr. Dre. Yeah, and like Ice Cube and Snoop and like all of them doing like the whole West Coast like up and smoke. That would be crazy. Dude, dude were you at uh, PBR or no, Pabs, not Pabs Fest. What the hell was that? No, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's it a PBR like earlier this year. Yeah, yeah, they had, yeah. Like Tame Impala. Project Pabs. Pro- Project Pabs. Pro- okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or for the NWA like mini reunion yeah. that Ice Cube did? Ice Cube, yeah. No, I didn't make it to that Oh my God. I heard, that's crazy. Well, ASAP Ferg blew it out and Ferg was amazing. That's right. We were up front and he just like, the whole thing was like lit AF. And then uh, Ice Cube comes out, brings out his son, and then they oh, do a father son duet. I'm yeah. like, yo, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. And then he brings out Yella no and way. MC Ren. No way, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> 
I they started doing MWA hits and they started doing like a lot of West oh, Coast Connection shit. I love that. Yeah. I wish I was there for that. Yeah. I remember when they tried to bring back NWA for like the next Friday soundtrack, I believe. Uh huh. And like they had a song called Chin Check, but they replaced Easy E with Snoop. And I was like, why did you do that? Yeah. You could have had, any, well, not the same energy. Just don't replace Easy, you know? Like, exactly. Like, I, an NWA reunion would be fine, but like, you don't have to replace Easy. You don't have to put someone else in in his place, you know? What yeah, I, mean? like, I think so. The only person that might make sense is his son, but his son's probably not a great rapper, so. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so. true. Did you see that Straight Outta Compton movie? Yeah. It was loved so, it. It's good, right? Loved it. Actually, uh, Allie, uh, my fiance, uh, she used to be roommates with Corey Hawkins that played Dr. Dre. In no that. way. Yeah. One time we were That's in New crazy. York. I know he was, I know it is crazy because he's a theater actor too. Yeah. Um, so we did a lot of Broadway and uh, we were what? working uh, with Broadway at the time. Yeah. And um, I remember going to Allie's apartment in Harlem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the door opening up and then just Corey. He's like, hey, what's up? Yeah. And like, I didn't know who he was at the time. Sure, yeah. But then um, Ali told me that he was an actor. I was like, oh, that's dope. And that he was in a Liam Neeson movie. What was the name of that Liam Neeson movie? The, the, the one where they're on an airplane. And then he's basically playing his character, his vengeful character guy, but on an airplane. This was a couple oh, okay. years ago. Anyway, so yeah, nonstop. Okay. I yeah. Know. So uh, that was dope. And then I'll... Yeah, and all of a sudden he's in Shredder Compton. I'm like, yo, crushing it. And Walking yeah. Dead now? Whoa, no way. He yeah. really? He's in Walking Dead. Oh, man. And he's doing the 24 hour reboot for Fox. That's crazy. Yeah. Damn, man. Did you like that movie? Did that movie speak to you? Straight I thought, Compton? No, I thought it was good. Yeah. I definitely like, I mean, it was like obviously theatrical at certain points. Sure. Um, But, I, you know, I definitely appreciate, like, especially for like the younger generation, you know, like, mm-hmm. I think it's good to, like, kind of like give like a history lesson on like how like it was actually a political movement that's what NBA it was. was like it was straight up like we're fed up with our situation and like it's kind of sad to see like how relevant it is today like why are we still dealing with this this is 2016 you know right. like why are people like how are people still getting shot for the color of their skin like that's mind-boggling to me yeah you know what i mean I'm like why yeah. is that still a thing like like that's and if you think about it, slavery wasn't too far, you know, away, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that's kind of sad too, but like, sure, we made strides, but then like, if you think about like this, like the civil rights movement in the sixties, like yeah. that was like, you know, and, and before that, like, it was just like, I mean, like, it's, I can't believe the struggle's still happening. The struggle's still real, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, yeah, it's so true. It's crazy. Like how, like, it's still like, it's still a thing, you know? <laughs> I feel like when it comes to like fringe movements and extremism on both levels, it's going to be such like uh, we're in the middle of this massive pendulum swing yep. and the pendulum's just going to keep swinging back and forth yep. for totally. I think within our lifetime, it's, it's rough. It's yeah. I just like, man, it's like, when is it, you know, like, I don't know. It's just kind of, I, another thing is like, the thing is like, it's, it's not that it just started happening again. It's just like, with technology, you know, like, with, yeah. like with, was it Periscope or whatever? Yep. And like people with phones that can take video, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just like now it's, that's just more bubbling up and coming to light. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, this is stuff is happening now. Like, no, this has been, this been happening. Like, yeah, this is exactly. Not, nothing new. Actually in, um, in college when I was taking one of my multimedia classes, I did this, like, I did this giant mural of, uh, Vincent Chin, you know, Vincent Chin? No. That story. He was this guy from Detroit and um, he was 
he was he's Chinese and like these two white dudes. So on his he was at um this was like in the eighties, I wanna say. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the eighties or seventies. And this guy was at his bachelor party, he was at a strip club, and um these two white guys, they were like hicks or whatever. This is Detroit. Okay. Was like, you know, he the guy they just got laid off from their power, from their car plant job and he was like you Japs coming over here, taking our jobs. And like, they followed him out and they ended up, they, they, they killed him. They oh like my beat God. him with a baseball bat. And you know, like at the, at the end of it all, they got off with just probation. That's it. Like Holy it shit. Probation and like a $2,000 fine. What? So you put, that's like what the year price. Was this? this was like the, I, th- I want to say early eighties if I'm not mistaken. Oh my God. Early eighties. Yeah. Or like, and I was like, I did, so I did a mural on that cause it was like, who's Vincent Chin? Like, Cause not a lot of people know about that story. Like, yeah. and it's like messed up. Cause like, you know, it's not happening to just black people. It's happening to like just people of color. Right. In general. There's a, a war against inclusion. So it's, it's, I mean like, yeah, it's just like this. I mean, the struggles there, you know, and like it, and it varies obviously from poetry all the way to like just straight violence, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, it's like, I want to say poetry. I'm, I'm, I'm calling out Nick again. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> I'm what. <laughs> The, the yeah, but, Nick, those yeah. racist poems, <laughs> not feeling them. No, not, I'm not down with that. Not down. I'm still not down with that. After all these years, still not down. Exactly. He hasn't come around, Nick. No, yeah, no. You know, people don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> That's your personal like 9/11. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. But um, but it's just kind of crazy. Like you know that that kind of stuff is still happening. So it's important to like remember that stuff yeah. and like even educate people you know like people hopefully people listening to this might look up Vincent Chin and like read about the story because I know I got probably some of the details wrong but it's like that's the definitely the gist of it it's like these guys are walking around scot-free never did it one single day of wow. jail time for murdering this guy and they like they followed him you know so that's like premeditated yeah so like they should be in jail for life for that but yeah. they're not they're like and like his mom was so distraught, she ended up moving back to China because she was like, "What is wrong with this justice system?" My oh my god! Son, my son was murdered, and these guys are going to pay a fine yeah. and not even. So there's like so then even more so, there's not going to be a follow up or like any sort of like uprising. No, about it. I mean, yeah. and another thing with these with immigrants is like, with what money are we going to hire lawyers? With yeah. what money and like the language barrier? Like, who do yeah. we talk? Like, you know, they talk about like how Chinese people don't really talk to to um policemen you know they yeah. don't really say anything Asian people are very inclusive they're just like they or keep no, not themselves inc- yeah yeah or um internal yeah yeah you know what I mean like yeah and like they just keep to themselves like, and like yeah. um and like that's just part of it like that's the struggles like so like if we're harassed or whatever you know like the chances of us speaking up are are, yeah. uh, are close safe. ranks pretty quick yeah do you know that there's a blog Asian uh, angry Asian man? Have you heard of that? No, I have not. It's I mean, that sounds it's, great. It's dope because it's like it's it's very politically driven and it's about like kind of like you know advancing like just human rights in general. If you yeah, if you will you know? But like it's just obviously geared towards Asian Americans. But definitely check Asian American angry Asian American in, in an era where you know we can't shame people. Yeah, and you know uh, whether it's you know fat shaming, whatever, slut shaming or any sort of like shame ism. Uh, what, what do you think the important, the importance is importance is of, um, guilt, <laughs> the, you know, the importance gu- of guilt? yeah, guilt and, and like putting it on other people, you mean, or, um, imparting. Well, cause they're the oppressors. 
Sure. The oppressors are whoever the oppressors are. Sure, sure, sure. And then uh, we, I think it is the oppressed job at times yep. to remind the oppressor yes. th- that the role, the dynamic that we play with each other. Totally agree. I, th- I think it's because it's, you know, they, um, so like this whole Black Lives Matter, you know, mm-hmm. when, when that, um, when that whole thing just started coming about and like, you know, I, I, there were some oppressors saying that all lives matter. Right. And yeah. I was like, I feel like, no, 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 like black lives, which is an effort to dilute exactly, the message. Exactly. And you need to, all the shit that we've been through, like yeah. as colored people, we need to overcompensate in order to get to equality. There's yes. no way of like, yes. okay, we're, we're we're just gonna start from scratch and we're all equal now it doesn't mm-hmm. work like that like there's still like it's still crazy now like it's not it's not it's not an even playing field now mm-hmm. it's still not you know even for women you know like i feel like there's still a lot of work to be done with like women's rights as well too and like yeah. like just i mean i think it's very important to like overcompensate and mm-hmm. like i don't want to like say that to kind of like downplay i don't, I don't think people are feeling that way but I think it's I think it's great that people are like are calling it out as Black Lives Matter because it's like you need to be a little bit more extreme in order to get to even. I feel like yeah, exactly because we're so far you have to behind. Be pointed, you have to have a sharp instrument. Exactly, because it's not gonna you know you're not gonna wake up to you know Black Lives Matter and then you're not gonna wake up tomorrow and like all of a sudden you know it's just black people running the world. It's not like that. It's, it doesn't work like that. You know, like yeah. they're not gonna have more rights than than white people. You know what right. I mean? Like white privilege is real. Like it's a re- it's a real thing. It is a real thing. And like, uh, you know, especially what, in Oregon. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's everywhere. You yeah. Know? I, I'm, it's just like, uh, it's like, it's a, I don't know. It's, I'm not definitely not racist against white people. So don't get it twisted there. Sure. I mean, you know, all my best friends are growing up are white and like, I have so many white friends and like, it's like, it's, I don't know. Like it's, it's just, I think it's important to like recognize where we've been historically. Yeah. 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 And then to know just, the timeline and like just make sure, like going forward, you do whatever you can because there's people out there that still are living in those past times. Still, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's people still like, I'm, I, I just heard in the news the other day, like there's still segregated counties down in like the South. There are still like, not like not legally but like just kind of like almost like it's not legally you don't legally have to be segregated but it's just like they just, it's just like it choice is. it's just it, it just is. is you know what i mean yeah which is like man that's that's crazy to me and like it's also crazy to me like how certain parts of of like portland are like i mean like you talk about like new york and like portland like certain parts are being gentrified you know like yeah it's just crazy that very recently, like certain parts of Portland are like what you would, you know, like nicer buildings, if you will, are starting to pop up in these right. like, you know, formerly known tougher areas, if you will. Sure. So, oh, like this area, theoretically. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like here and like, especially just across the bridge, if you take the four or five, just right across over mm-hmm. by uh, like Williams, like mm-hmm. that was tough. Mississippi was tough, but like, that's wow. like kind of like the happening area now. Yeah. So that's, I feel like that's everywhere. I feel like. There is a certain culture that um, that's living that lives in a place uh, for uh, less money than in another area. Yeah. So like it's it's dense, densely yeah. populated with like uh, a variety of 
people, yeah. variety of types. Yeah. And then uh, they add the culture that makes it desirable. Yeah. And then the second that people take note of desirability of that, yep. then they get priced the hell out. Yeah. And dude, I just, part of me gets bothered because I'm like, you know, are you pushing certain people out? Sure. You know what I mean? Like, is that, that's not really gentrification. Is it? It's just more like you're just hurting people around. If you're, right. So like, I don't know. I, sometimes I struggle with that, you know? Like, yeah. That's social engineering. Yeah. So it's like, man, that's kind of crazy. You know? It is. So, well, then there are other, well, yeah, but I feel like gentrification is, uh, it's something that, that, that bleeds out for sure. But then, um, there's definitely know. a part where it's just like, it's not fully, you know, it's not fully mixed. This is like, yes, certain people do get pushed out. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's more purposeful in other places. Yeah. What do you think social justice means to you? Man, I mean, I think it's just what we we're talking about earlier. It's just like really, I think it's just awareness. It's like, yeah, especially with people who are like, if you will, depressors, if you will. Sure. With like, just not really, just not shitting on people. You know, yeah. like people, humans are you know, like, we're all in this. I part of me is like. This is going to sound crazy. Part of me wishes there was like, we discovered an alien race and we're like, all right, human pride. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're like, we're all together. We're all humans. Like, now it's not about colors, it's about humans human versus pride. aliens. Yeah. yeah. Independence Day type shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's totally. I feel, like, I feel like that would bring us all together. You know what I'm like? That's totally the plot to Watchmen. That's, that's really? Yeah, that oh. is kind of. Same thing. That's what I'm, that's what I'm like, yo, uh, Yeah. We just, I just need a human, I just need an alien invasion so that way humans band <laughs> together and then that way we can like all like forget about it and we can all rally around one cause and like forget about like the Middle East like beefing with each other right. like over religion. Yeah. Now it's about us like in the aliens. That's what. Yo, <laughs> that's, oh, have you seen The Arrival? Uh, no, I don't, I haven't seen that. Is that new or? Yeah, the one with Amy Adams. Oh no, uh, you, you told me about that. Yeah. I've been meaning to watch because you told me it, it moved you, right? Like. Oh, did you say that? Like, where, where was it? You? Did I say movie? So, no, I, I, I didn't say that. Someone we didn't have that conversation. Someone had an emotional, but I'm not surprised. Experience with that movie. So don't spoil it for me. I definitely got a plan on watching it. And actually, on that note, go to Omzi. Okay. This weekend and watch. Not this weekend. Next weekend. Omzi. If you're around, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And they have like the Empirical Theater, like oh. the IMAX Theater, whatever. Okay. Okay. And they were playing uh, Gravity and um, Interstellar. Yo, Dog. Uh-oh. As far as like outer space movies, I must hit up Oregon's finest and go to Omzi. That's what I'm saying. Shout out to Omzi. Um, <laughs> d- yo, like, because I, I was talking about, I- I'm interested in like, um, outer like physics and like you know um, astronomy and all that stuff. And yeah. like, it's just interesting, like how current, like, that's all current theory. Like it's real theory, like how yeah. it all happens in that movie Interstellar. Like it's not like. They did their research, you know? Yeah. So, like, it's crazy how that could be real, theoretically, if you were to go in a black hole. Right. In theory, that could happen. The the idea that, like, some massive, like, event, whether it's uh, an alien, whatever, or some or something crazy yeah. that just makes everyone realize, like, hey, let's get over all this stupid pity bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I just really need that to get over something. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, m- I remember 9-11 when that happened. Mm. I remember where, exactly where I was. Everyone, I, everyone I talked to mm-hmm. remembers exactly where they were and exactly what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And I was in math class at the time in high school. Yeah. And we were had we had this this period where it's like you watch news on the television for the first ten minutes of the class. Sure. And we watched it, and like 
they were talked about that like they like we flipped it on and we're like we're like what's going on like it must have been an accident everyone thought it was an accident at first right and the second ha- second plane hit and it was yeah. like well it's not an accident this is weird yeah what's going on and then I remember oh, this must have been really early morning for you that was like 10 a.m. Yeah. 9 10 a.m. exactly yep it's early on the morning. east coast uh yeah f- yeah well for yeah we're uh, it must have been first period for me then oh gotcha um because yeah west coast time but yeah it was totally. like it, i remember once that happened like after we kind of figured it out like definitely there was a sense of like american pride like, yeah definitely people were just like how could anyone do this to us and like it kind of takes like a bad event to kind of get people together and like, it does it and really if it's does. something that affects everyone maybe that's where like okay we can set aside our differences for now yeah kind of band together you know? for it all just so, like bubbles back yeah i remember when 9-11 happened i was living in new jersey at the time going to rutgers university yeah okay and my dad worked in the city he's retired now but um when the towers came down i was commuting going to class oh, man. and then I, I hear it's happening i'm like holy shit turn right back around yeah and then we're just like, yo, where's dad? Where's dad? Yeah, trying to get a hold of him. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then um, because everything, the, all the the uh, transit was fucked up, yep. he couldn't get home for like 24 hours or something. Yeah, but I remember just, oh, man. like it was it was a crazy experience. And then immediately, like we were, we were all in like a state of, um, I don't know, uh, just shock. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah, and you don't know how to even go back. It's like the day you go back to class, you're like, how am I even going back to class right now? Yeah. When you probably want to, you have friends whose parents died in the town. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's real heavy. Yeah. But I mean, even from the West Coast, like you could feel it. Like people were just like, what's going on? Like mm-hmm. we're just, you know, people were definitely like, we, you know, rallying together. That was definitely sure. like that sense where everyone was like, you know, flying the flags and all that kind of sure, stuff. Sure, sure, so. sure, sure. Yeah. And I still love America. I yeah. love America yeah. like a motherfucker. Definitely. Yeah. Hell yeah. And you know, I, I mean, I'm all for spe- free speech, but it definitely rubs me the wrong way when I see a flag burning. Like yeah. for me, like I'm like, yo, so like, you take it for granted. Exactly. You take, you take this, all this. Exactly. For like I'm all, I'm all for free speech, but like, man, it's just, it definitely like, I feel like, you know, like having our parents come from rougher times yep. that's another thing it's like yep. yo we're so grateful that third world kids exactly they were literally third world kids and like having to be able to come to america with nothing on their backs yep. not learning not knowing the language and be able to like have a home and pay it off in like yeah. feed kids like have kids that work in nike it, right and like it's like what <laughs> i it's just like you know i'm for me like i, I definitely don't want everyone to take that for granted you know like absolutely i definitely like feel like man like Thanks, I guess, in a way, you know. Yeah. The Lady Liberty. So, Uncle Sam. On that note, brother, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Rich. Yo, appreciate it. Matt Vu. Yo. Thanks for coming it. to the home. Appreciate drinking thanks our for, water. Thanks for having me. It's, it was the freshest water. Yo, it was the freshest water. Thank you. Shout out to Dasani. <laughs> and anti shout out to Nick yeah. with your shitty poems. Yo, yeah. Yo, come find me, Nick. So, that was a really great conversation. Love that guy. I could have talked with Matt for a really long time. If you want to find some of his work, you can just go to mattvu.com, M-A-T-T-V-U.com. And also he spins a lot in the Portland area, um, making sure that your ears are laced with goodness. And that's that for episode five of First Generation Burden. If you want to subscribe to us on iTunes, just look up First Generation Burden. And if you want to follow me on social media, it's rich underscore TU on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, rich to one word on Snapchat. If you're into that shit, intro and outro music by Ben Sound. 
So we're coming up on the midpoint of this whole season and uh, probably going to go dark for a week or two. going to play everything by ear as per usual. That said, you can count on at least one more episode before the holiday break and then uh, we'll figure it out. So thanks for stopping by and listening to First Generation Burden. <laughs>